One of the most uh, annoying things of uh, Leisure Suit Larry when I first started playing it way back in 1988 was uh, how many different kind of keywords that you have to try. Now, Kit, Leisure Suit Larry along with, um, what's the other ones? King's Quest, Hero's Quest. What's that? Was there a small box that came to me? Uh, I didn't look for one, so... So I, d I don't know. I didn't see one. <laughs> okay. So um, games like uh, Heroes Quest, uh, Leisure Suit Larry, King's Quest, a um, whole bunch of different ones like that. They when they first came came out, um, they're along the same lines of ga as games like Zork and Leather Goddess of Phobos, and you know they're Infocom uh, uh, Infocom type games where. They would take text, they would interpret that text, and basically it would remember your actions and do actions based on what you asked it to do and everything, and it would give you a response. Well, one of the problems I had, you know, in trying to figure out um, some of these systems and everything, you know, particularly playing Leisure Suit Larry, now while, yes, I did hack the copy protection, what I didn't do was hack the game itself. You know, so I ended up, um, you know, for the most part, rarely did I ever use cheats inside the games and everything. And, um, or any method to basically give myself infinite gold or infinite uh, skipping ahead and that kind of stuff. Typically, I would figure out the game, take my time to understand what the game was, um, understanding what keywords. And part of the thing with Laser Suit Larry and that kind of stuff was, um, understanding the specific words that that would trigger the actions. Now there are basic words, you know, basic words like look or walk or um, inventory, you know, things that were would make a lot of sense and everything. And those other words because you knew it was a lewd game. It was, um, you know, things like fuck and you know, um, put on rubber and things like that. You know, things that um, it increasingly got more difficult as time got or as uh, as the game went on with the the variety of things that were necessary in order to put in from a vocabulary perspective and everything. Well, as games um, evolved, I guess you can say, uh, what ended up happening was they ended up also getting dumbed down in the process in a lot of cases. You know, so Worlds of Warcraft ended up um, having a, um, I loved, absolutely loved, you know, EverQuest and World of Warcraft when they first came out, but one of the problems with each one was they had a tendency to, um, what they would do is uh, go through and do nerfing of these things, you know, so as newer versions came out, they would more or less dumb it down, you know, to such a degree, all for the sake of one of two things, you know, number one, balance, this whole concept and idea of balance, and number two, um, trying to actually invite and, and uh, bring more players into the fray. Hold on a second, I've got to... Okay, sorry about that interruption. But, um, I don't know. I don't know why I was mentioning that. It's just, uh, over the years, um, what I've noticed is the games... Um, had a tendency to to get dumbed down, or so I thought. So, as I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, I'm, or as I played Grand Theft Auto the first time through, 
um, for Grand Theft Auto Vice City and then subsequent games and everything like that, I really, you know, I got to the point where it's just like I did the storyline mode, you know, but one of the things I noticed about Grand Theft Auto Vice City and subsequent games like that was the worlds, you know, that, uh, uh, that, that existed in these places. You know, so whether or not it was a game like that, or Mass Effect, or Drake's Uncharted, or um, I'm talking about some console games, Mass Effect, uh, Gears of War, or on the PC, um, I talked about it last time, Half-Life, and Unreal, and that kind of stuff. Um, what was another one? Um, oh, Duke Nukem is the other one. Uh, David, you mentioned that one. There's just been a whole bunch of different games that uh, I, I've been noticing subsequently the depth and variety in these games is is really kind of amazing you know and um it's just i've really you know like worlds of warcraft i mean i ended up you know really starting to pay attention to that thing from um hold on a second making my tea here late night tea You know, World of Warcraft, even though the game did get dumbed down, throughout the course of it, because I played it so much, I ended up paying attention to the lore. Now, one thing I've, I've made it a fact of doing within World of Warcraft, you might go to Scarlet Monastery and you can actually read, you know, the lore of the game. Um, and the same thing holds true for Elder Scrolls. You know, uh, you've got uh, Elder Scrolls, you've got um, Oblivion, you've got all these different games that if you actually start paying attention to the in-game in lore, there's really some really fantastic, interesting stories that are told within these worlds. You know, so, and, and I mentioned Scarlet Monastery in particular because it actually details from the very first, you know, um, World of Warcraft and everything. Um, it, it's almost a premonition of where things are going to go when it comes down to the, frost, the the Lich King and that kind of stuff. You know, so I found it really interesting that as as the game unfolded, I almost knew in advance just simply by paying attention attention to the end game lore where that world was going to go. You know, and it it was really interesting. You can actually see, you know, what what the developers had on their minds. You know, um, what the creative people uh, that were behind these games and everything, you know, um, had in mind, you know, for these games and, and where they intended to take things, you know, with it in subsequent releases. In a lot of cases, they knew perfectly well the releases were going to come, come. You know, they knew well in advance that the Lick King was coming, you know, and that was going to come, you know, four plus years in advance and everything. You know, so one of the things I actually started paying attention to is, you know, the lore of my planet. I mean, we effectively have our own form of lore, too. And that, that lore is called movies and TV shows and, and books and that kind of stuff. And, and while one might think that there's so much lore, that there's so many possibilities and everything, well, that's also an indicator of what's happening, you know, to this world and everything. So if you take a look in a granular world, like, um, you know, I'm going to go to Oblivion. Um, actually, you know, the one I liked better was definitely Elder Scrolls. Um, if you take a look at the lore of Elder Scrolls, so the Elder Scrolls 3, um, I think it was Dragonfall or something like that, 
you pay attention to some of the lore, and what they have is multiple languages within this world, you know, and in all the books and everything that they have and everything. It's it's to the point that it's just deep. It details worlds, you know, and details um, the collision of things that are happening. If you take a look at Elder Scrolls Online, it talks about uh, a second revolution of a uh, of basically a prior period of time where all was calm and everything. Well, what I started realizing is, wait a second, if you take all these stories from all these different worlds and you start colliding them together, you actually get a really, really, really what I consider an interesting picture of the way of where things are going for this world. Now, if you've ever seen the movie John Carter, um, John Carter um, depicts a, uh, a world that uh, more or less, you know, it's torn between three different kind of alternate realities and everything. And then there's another one. Um, what was the movie with uh, that featured three, four different generations? So it was The Fountain that talks about generations over time and everything. But then there was another one, too, that did the same thing. It was an epic adventure. Um, it's going to kill me trying to remember what the name of that movie was. But in that one, they depicted a, a time in the far future where... Basically, it's almost like magic was starting to come back and everything. And, you know, literally, we're talking like 1,200, 1,300 years and everything. Well, the interesting thing is, um, inside of uh, Elder Scrolls, they actually talk about the year 2,900 as being um, a time of revitalization and the second major war is what they refer to that actually saw the dawning of magic. And it's just like, wait a second. You know, if you follow out this history and everything to the future, well, we've got information that's actually written in our history that details, you know, to our future, you know, um, at least for the next 400 years, um, Terminator, um, all the way to um, Star Trek Federation, all the way to um, all these different uh, wars involving time and looping and that kind of stuff that's occurring, um, all the way to super soldiers and, you know, potential different versions of Earth and that kind of stuff and multiple realities and that kind of stuff, you know, and a collision of Earths, you know, so Avengers Infinity War all the way to um, Superman and his reversal of time and everything. All of them, every single one of them, tells a story about a eugenics warfare that, that starts, that in, in some lore started in the 1990s, and goes all the way up until about the year 2900, where at that point, all of a sudden, magic finds its way in mass to the planet, and at that point, the planet starts its transition from a scientifically based, analytically based, binary based world into a world that's more magically oriented, that's a little bit more um, in tune with nature, and uh, and there's a little bit of a, a little bit of, I don't know. You know, it's it's a little bit of a transformation that actually occurs with the planet at about the year 2900. And there's it's really interesting because the lore that I've read, you know, between everything just basically suggests, you know, hey, this is one, one potential timeline that's actually being written. And it's just like, why not embrace it? You know, that's actually what I started thinking. Now, me living in this timeline, eh, 
you know, the way I look at it is it's, this is just basically saying, okay, you know, I'm anchoring, I'm creating anchor points in my, you know, in my reality and everything. I've talked about it before, you know, now I know that, uh, in the year 23, all the way up to about 24, um, 2440, 2450, right in there, um, more or less the whole Star Trek type world is in science and robotics and that kind of stuff will dominate the world. But then you're going to get into um, rampant use of genetics and the conversion and merging of of genetics with uh, with bio or you know robotics and that kind of stuff so where you have kind of like this blended form of human and robotics and that kind of stuff and that's going to actually cause massive problems for the next 400 to 500 years after that so much so that it's actually going to um in effect at a quantum level rewrite the physical dna of humans to a point that in the year 2900, all of a sudden humans, a, a new mind will emerge, you know, from that, which will actually more or less usher in a new era of magic, you know, and that new era is going to be something that's going to be a huge transformation for this planet, and this planet's, you know, trying its damnedest to resist it, because, well, let's face it, you got a lot of people that want to be like Bill Gates, <laughs> A lot of people that are just interested in, you know, doing the same thing the generations and generations before did, you know, and, you know, more or less basically make money and, you know, exist in a cycle in the system. And, you know, it's, it's generally speaking, these kind of people that are going to be resisting this transformation, you can already see that resistance. You know, where people are just basically saying, hey, what's my place going to be in a society where, you know, imagination and magic, you know, are are the dominant forms of of transformation? It's going to be, you know, um, it's going to be difficult to imagine, you know, going to be difficult to imagine a society like that that's actually not going to be at war. Well, and that's kind of the problem, right? This is actually the problem that actually happens you know, that's depicted in fiction all across the, all across the way. Um, I'm taking a little dive off the deep end and everything, because right now, uh, I just made a mod to uh, GTA, and uh, the mod, it's a really interesting mod. I can actually, uh, <laughs> it's a Matrix-like mod where I can jump, go to Nier's vehicle as passenger, so what I ended up doing was I ended up uh, jumping into cars, and uh, I also turned myself invisible, you know, to make it so where people can't see or hear me, you know, I mean, I'm just basically sitting in an empty seat inside the car, and they don't know it, and uh, as, I'm, as I'm sitting here, you know, I'm just basically touring around, you know, the Grand Theft Auto world. Um, it's called Los Santos, and I'm transforming this to Los Angeles and everything, to a version of Los Angeles in the process of doing this. And uh, what I'm doing is I'm just basically studying the traffic patterns. You know, so a lot of this isn't coded. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, there there are some, co some code there is some code that actually guides and dictates behavior, but a lot of things do not act by code. So, and that's what the nature of quantum reality is. It's not necessarily a true or false statement that guides things. 
oftentimes things do not take the ca- the path that they're expected to and this is something most programmers are going to do, going to often refer to as a bug and most of the time programmers aren't going to catch these things just because especially in a game like this where there's so many different complicated variables and you know the programmers constantly going to be pointing the finger somewhere else saying yeah somebody else made this modification or everything somewhere else you know inevitably if they actually start digging into it you know they'll find you know an answer to or something that will actually validate their belief system and everything and that's actually the quantum nature rearing its ugly head i shouldn't say its ugly head that's that's actually the nature the quantum nature of reality particularly visible through code that will actually have programmers um validating their own beliefs <laughs> and then you know you ever heard the term go out and make new friends well, you f- you'll find programmers on your team you didn't even know exist and everything that are making changes because you just made a new friend, and that's the whole quantum nature of reality, altering your own timeline and altering your own, you know, your own world and everything right around you just basically because, you know, to validate your belief system. So anyways, I'm having fun with this mod right now. Um, I went to go see, just on a, t- on a side note, I ended up going to see Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet today. Um, I love Pixar, I love Disney, um, and I love Wreck-It Ralph, so I can't, uh, I cannot say anything bad about the movie. It wasn't as good as the first one, um, you know, but, uh, that's not saying much, just because the first one was so fucking awesome. Um, second one was great, so, if you're a fan of the Wreck-It Ralph franchise, go see it now. It's worth it. So, well-told story, and Pixar and Disney are just fucking amazing. So, anyways, back to this mod. Um, Before I go on that one a little bit, I'm going to take another little side note tangent. Um, I downloaded Sims 4 today, and uh, I ended up applying several mods to it as well. And, uh, of course, I put the naked mod in there and everything. And uh, one of the things I, I repeatedly did was um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing my characters um, take care of themselves. You know, so if something isn't making them, ta- them happy, you know, then, then they're going to do what it takes to make themselves happy and everything. You know, so if... Um, or they're going to do what they want to do. That's kind of like my, my goal for any modifications I make to these games and everything. You know, it's just basically say, look, you know, I like the idea of, of playing God, you know, in these worlds and everything. And there are certain people, you know, that I've had in my life that I'm not interested in having the original, you know, version of them. I'm interested in having kind of like a robotic version of them. You know, somebody that will obey my commands and everything because, you know, where I'm going to be taking them, you know, particularly once I start to really acquiring the ability to be able to warp space and time. I'm not going to be able to have a normal human with me. You know, it will completely fuck with their mind. You know, I know, personally, from personal experience, and I was prepared, somewhat prepared for it. You know, seeing the shit that I saw with the hallucinations, or so-called hallucinations and everything. You know, so, I absolutely need something that uh, is capable of handling what I'm going to throw at it. And that's among the reasons I just basically insist on certain versions of Jackie, you know, and Rachel in my life. Jackie, a.k.a. 25 years old um, girl that I ended up flying out to Las Vegas and having a great time with her and Amy. And uh, then Rachel, you know, pretty much the day I met her. 
both of them. You know, I don't want the I don't want the current version. You know, the the aged, um, in relationships, um, altered version. I want the original ones that I was with and everything. And I want that cookie cutter stamp version of them. I don't. I you know. So in other words, taking the original in a person that I interacted with, I want a programmed version that's basically programmed to be like that original version and not to deviate that much from it, you know? So the interactions that we have are going to cause some slight deviations, obviously, but um, maybe not. Maybe we can, you know, alter some of that and just have uh, general responses and everything. So anyways... Um, so I made um, made changes to Sims 4, and one of the things I've noticed with prior versions of Sims is you have to explicitly tell a Sim to go, to go do something. For instance, clean up the garbage, you know, um, eat food, you know, um, go to the bathroom, take a shower, go out, do all this other stuff and everything. And one of the things I absolutely love about Sims 4. You know, and I wasn't interested in playing it at first, but because I wanted to, my I have a friend that's playing. You know, Stanley's pl wife is playing it, and she's got the nude and the sex mods on it. You know, I wanted to see what she was uh, seeing and just actually see the Sims for myself. I've been curious about the mods, anyways, and now that I learned that she's playing, it's just like, ah, fuck it, let's go ahead and try it. So, anyways, I ended up applying the mods, and um, the nude mod's pretty cool. Um, I've got to figure out a way to uh, to do some of the things that I really want to do, you know, such as an an unshaven pussy and oh what else? Um, being able to modify, you know, certain physical attributes and everything, you know, breast size and you know hip size and that kind of stuff and everything. So with besides that though, I played it for you know I played with it for about three three and a half hours today. And um, one of the things I ended up doing was I ended up taking my sim and uh, ended up, her name's Rachel incidentally, uh, I ended up taking her and I, I made her play video games, you know, and they've got an in-game copy of Sims, you know, and I kept repeating this over and over and over again. You know, so where she got to be a professional with, the, with, uh, with that, well, I make it so where she'd she'd just just basically drop right there and, you know, she'd piss herself and, you know, everything she's doing is just like, you know, she's obeying my commands and finally she starts actually overriding them, you know, so I tell her to play the game and boom, she ends up saying, screw you, and I'm going upstairs. <laughs> and I'm just like going, this is cool, you know. Uh, the reason I think that's cool is because it, it, it's just like, you know, I mean, the, the character is so sad, you know, because of lack of social, lack of uh, lack of everything, that she's actually deciding, you know, for herself at least whether or not it's a simulated version or not. It, it doesn't make a shit, shit or difference. For me, I'm regarding this as a real character. And uh, as I'm playing this, I'm just like, and I see that she's on this red line and she's to the point of past exhaustion because she keeps on passing out due to lack of sleep and everything, even though she's a professional gamer and everything. You know, so finally I, I said, okay, I'm going to back off. And I ended up um, 
at that point just accelerating time real fast. And as time accelerates and everything, all of a sudden I started noticing something really cool. She ended up basically starting to take care of herself. She picked up her own garbage. She ended up um, making her own food. She went over to the computer, would look for jobs. She'd go on the romance sites. Um, she would watch TV. She would read books. All with me doing absolutely nothing. All I had, I mean, and I don't know if my actions, as far as pushing her to the edge and everything, you know, is what was responsible for creating this uh, situation and everything. Um, but all I know is I ended up, it was just, I thought that was really cool. You know, here I see this character, you know, um, I don't know if it was programmed to do this or not before. You know, all I know is it was, I thought that was pretty cool. Here she is just, you know, maintaining, getting her own equilibrium. You know, and uh, at that point, her, her the red status goes to yellow, goes to green, where she's suddenly happy and everything. Well, one thing um, I can't do, or she can't do, apparently, um, at least that registers with the game and everything, is go out and make friends and do all this other stuff and everything. And I wish I, I wish that could happen. You know, that's actually one thing that I wish I could see. Now, one thing that she did do that surprised me was she ended up, um, at one time, you know, when it snowed outside, she walked outside and she ended up making snow angels. And she's just like, huh, that's kind of cool. You know, if you pay attention to the behavior of these characters in these games and everything, you start noticing that they're not acting like, you know, either either the programming has gotten so good, or what I'm witnessing is life itself, just from a different perspective. So, anyways, um, going back to Grand Theft Auto and this mod. So here I am, go to nearest vehicle as passenger, and the first car that I get into, it's a couple Hispanic gentlemen that are uh, touring around. They're basically going in kind of like a big, huge circle and everything. It's just like, uh, okay, this is program behavior, clearly. So I'm just like, what the fuck? Okay, that's kind of boring. So I end up uh, getting out of the car, open up the door, and they don't say anything. And um, I wait for a couple cars to go by, and I sit, and I end up issuing the command again. Go to the nearest pa vehicle as passenger. And what it does is it teleports you into that seat. So if you've ever seen the Matrix 2 or 3, I can't remember which one, where the ghosting guys, they end up going inside the, get inside the uh, other people's cars and everything by ghosting through it and everything. Well, that's what, the, that's what happens with this guy. And, um, yeah, he ends up teleporting inside, and I've got Invisible set on. So I'm in a car with uh, three women, and they're playing, you know, some kind of song. You know, I, I don't know what it is. And uh, all of a sudden, they drive down this back alley. I thought this was kind of weird. And then it comes to a dead stop. So I'm just like waiting, waiting. I'm just like, okay, this is kind of weird. So I changed my perspective, and I, you know, and I see traffic starting to get built up. And I'm just like, oh, that's kind of weird. I've never really seen a traffic jam inside Grand Theft Auto before. And um, I'm literally a passenger just watching all this go on and everything. And all of a sudden what I see is I see a car that stopped right behind a guy that's got his bicycle off to the side. He's in the middle of the road. Uh, he's got his bike right next to him. And he is standing, just literally standing there, just staring straight ahead. 
Now, the car's backed up behind him. That's actually caused another car to block us, um, block the car in front of us, I should say, from being able to cross through the intersection, which has caused us to back up, which has caused one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen sets of headlights behind me um, going to the next road and looking up and down the road. It's also caused traffic both directions on that road. And uh, basically, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight different cars that are blocked, you know, going on, on the southbound, uh, from the southbound way. It's blocking traffic coming from one intersection, from both intersections, it looks like. And it's just... It's just bizarre, you know, and people are just um, backed up and everything. So it, it's almost like the AI behavior is broke here. So I'm just going to wait here. And that's actually kind of the reason I wanted to start this podcast. I'm just waiting here, just seeing how long or how much traffic is going to get backed up. And am I going to see emergent, uh, what I consider emergent behavior? Um, that is something saying, fuck this, you know, and trying to go around them or something like that. You know, now I've seen, you know, seen characters go around before in other other cases, but in this case here, it traffic is literally blocked in every direction. You know, so it's just like, what's gonna happen? You know, I don't know. And, and this is the thing when, you know, if you think about a world like um the Truman Show, one of the things I I laughed at was in the Truman Show they had a. Uh, you know, Truman, he goes apeshit, and he decides he's going to leave the city. And um, if you're not familiar with the Truman Show, the Truman Show is about this man that he's in this big, huge dome that covers basically all of um, all of Burbank, basically. And uh, he ends up um, coming to come to question his surroundings, and so much so that he ends up... Um, deciding he just wants to get out. He's in his mid-40s, and he's had enough of this. It's just like it's time for him to go. He wants to he wants to go see the world. He's heard about all these wonderful places and everything um, that have been totally undersold, you know, in advertising and everything, that uh, one day he just gets a wild hair up his ass, and he decides he's going to go to Fiji. And, um, you know, the travel agent apparently doesn't have tickets booked, and, you know, they're booked for years in advance and everything, and, you know, so at this point he decides he's never been out of the city, and he decides he's going to drive out of the city. Well, he ends up getting blocked every which way he can possibly be blocked and everything, and, you know, and um, he he learns through experience and everything that he is in a domed city, and... I see traffic is actually now blocked through the intersection down below now, too. That's interesting. <coughs> so, in the end, he discovers that uh, his life has been contrived, that the that the lovers that have been in his life and everything have been actresses, and they've been pl- placed there. Um, that um, And that's actually what I think about some of the past women that have been in my life. I don't doubt that I've had actresses in my life, you know, that people that have played the parts and everything. You know, and they've just basically, they've acted this role. Well, the way I look at it is, with technology, knowing where technology's at, I know that a robotic replacement for these actresses can be, can be modified, you know, can be created. And I can actually have somebody that's, you know, is real to me, 
you know, I don't give a shit whether or not she's a robot. To me, she's still real, you know, and she's no less a robot than <laughs> than most humans are. Most humans are robotic in nature anyways. So, I mean, so in any case, um, Truman ultimately discovers the truth about his world and everything. And one of the funniest things that happened was when he ends up trying to get on a bus and he he's trying to get out of the city, and... Truman has never taken a bus before, and the reason for this is because the bus driver, nobody is trained to drive a bus. Nobody. <laughs> so the bus driver tries putting it into gear, and gears grinding, and it's like, you know, this is the first time, literally, he's ever driven the bus. So it's just a, it's a comedy of, you know, wait a second, you know, as I look at the Grand Theft Auto world, I I look at and I analogize it to my real world. You know, the traffic jams that I've been in and everything. I mean, I had made the previous assumption that uh, there was a car accident up above or something like that. You know, that uh, I hadn't gone through. Later on, I had that validated, you know, but was that traffic accident ever really there? Or was it just because of somebody literally dropped their bike right in the middle of the road as a bike rider, and they didn't know what to do next. You know, that's the whole thing about human behavior. I'd always made the assumption that my ability to be able to rationalize and reason, my ability to be able to think, was roughly on par with pretty much everybody around me. My ability to logically analyze situations, my ability to be able to, um, to be able to process new information, to be able to to be able to adapt to my situations and adapt to, adapt to new events and everything, I had always made this assumption that everybody else was like me. Always. And I had that validated my entire life. But I've come to believe that I was saying what I wanted to say. My mind was, was filtering evidence to the contrary. It's just a feature of the mind, and I think all minds do this. You know, and um, really, you know, the Grand Theft Auto, this guy is standing in the in the park, you know, right in the middle of the street and everything. This is actually more indicative of how reality was at one point. And it's certainly gotten more robust as I've gotten older, you know, but it's still, in itself incapable of adjusting to new events without my influence. That's actually what I'm realizing. Now, this isn't... I mean, you can call this narcissism, and, you know, you'd probably be accurate with it and everything, but simple fact is, narcissism is nothing more than a self-belief. You know, it's an independent belief in yourself and everything, and um, it's, it's individuality. You know, and that individuality is what creates this thing called the world. You know, and to some degree, the world is a direct reflection of our own minds and everything. So, I'm just waiting here. I'm in this car still. Um, nobody's talked in this car. I've had the volume off and everything while I've done this and everything. You know, but um, here's here's what, I, what I've learned over the last couple of years. I've paid attention to the stories like Grand Theft Auto and... Um, I mean, so many different games. I tried The Witcher, you know, and one of the things I started finding myself doing was becoming detached, um, disassociating from the story that was being told, 
and instead paying more attention to the world in which the story was told. You know, and, and I'd been doing that for quite a while, but I also um, started doing that a long time ago for, with four movies. You know, um, and like I said, Truman Show is just one of those movies, too. It's the details, you know, that, that go into it. You know, it's the ability for, you know, whether or not you want to point the finger at a, at a great director or a great producer that's actually capable of putting together a great ensemble and, you know, and all this stuff and everything. Or, in this case here, it's wonderful artists that have actually put together something magnific magnificent. There was a game called Dante's Inferno, which I'm not a big fan of the whole heaven and hell concepts and that kind of stuff. You know, and, um, but Dante's Inferno was a haunting, beautifully grotesque game that it was magnificent from an artist's perspective. You know, I took a look at that game and I'm just like, okay, you know, Dante is a direct reference to Dante's Inferno, which is one of the first people that actually ever depicted, you know, this concept called hell and everything. And, um, you know, in the game, Dante's Inferno, um, the main character, he ends up getting his wife um, basically stolen by a ghost or a ghoul or the devil himself and everything. And Dante ends up saying, well, fuck you. I'm going after her, and not only that, I'm going to take out every fucking thing and, you know, out in the process and everything. Well, God of War is kind of, is very similar. Kratos does the same thing, and he takes out, you know, pretty much all of, uh, all of, uh, Atl or not Atlantis, uh, but all of, uh, ancient Greece. You know, and that's, that was one of the fun things for me, is being able to kill the Grim Reaper, you know, to be able to take out Poseidon and Zeus and all these other gods and everything, personally. It was just like, wow, this is kind of, I mean, that's why I love these games. But what they also did, besides actually giving homage to some of the old mythology and, you know, some of the old um, Michelangelo-type, uh, you know, art, art and uh, literature and everything, was they depicted these worlds with such vivid imagery. One of the most profound images that I remember was the big, huge Medusa that ended up, um, you know, that Kratos has to, or wasn't Kratos, it was Dante has to fight um, on this platform that's descending to hell rapidly. And this beast, it's just a Gorgon type thing. It's basically, it's, you know, probably a hundred foot tall. Um, and... It, you know, got a, a serpent, serpent uh, lower half of her body, but the top half, you know, is basically a woman. And the woman is, you know, it's a Medusa, I think, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, snakes on the head or something like that. But, you know, she also has uh, has uh, big, huge boobs with um, baby babies coming out with knives for arms. And it's just like, whoever fucking thought about this, I give you kudos, but oh my god, you did such a great job in depicting this. You know, and the same thing, ha you know, is true for another part where you end up going and falling from, you know, from the heavens down through the pit of hell, and all of a sudden you see these, you know, these bodies that are, you know, embedded in walls that are, you know, supposed to have been there for eternity, and they're all moaning and wailing as you, you know, try to actually climb out and all this other kind of stuff and everything. It's just like, holy shit, they did such a fucking awesome job with all of it. 
you know, and there's another part where you basically take the the Reaper's scythe. You know, so you so when you kill when I killed the Grim Reaper, um, I ended up taking the scythe, and you take the scythe and you jab that into the head of these big, huge, fifty foot tall creatures that are undead, and at that point you use it to literally move it and turn it and basically it's it's embedded in its brain and you use it to literally move it around you know so you guide it like you would steer a car and everything once you've done this and it's just like whoever thinks of this shit i mean it's fucking cool you know that's what i say you know, I mean, it's some of the coolest imagery I've ever seen. But that's the whole thing for me, is I've been looking at all these different games for quite some time now, is basically looking at the, the artistry for the worlds. They're fucking awesome. And that's among the... And not only that, you know, but I started paying attention to the behaviors, the personalities, the characters, the AI. I noticed things like... um. One of the things I noticed that was persistent within a lot of video games, um, particularly racing games, was the racing games would um, would let you, um, if you were too far in the lead, it would slow you down just enough and let the let like the top two or three characters catch up to you. Now it did this in such a seamless way that you can never really tell that you're losing or gaining speed or anything like that. All you know is, for some reason, the number two and three characters, they can ride your ass for the entire fucking game, and you can never really get too far ahead of them. Now, this is opposed to older games where, you know, the games are more, you know, basically you can blow it, blow away the competition and everything. But with the newer ones, they ended up getting smarter and smarter AI. So where, you know, the the furthest character ahead, you can sit there and, you know, even though you may be in the back back of the pack and everything, you still stand, even if you're in the in the in the rear for the first two laps out of three, you still stand a legitimate chance of actually catching up to first because of the whole nature of how balance has actually been implemented in the video games and everything. Well I, I've noticed this and everything and the same thing holds true for Grand theft auto and everything too as games have gotten more complex the the balance that's actually been embedded within games has been really kind of amazing and everything it's really interesting what they've done and everything you know but um but when it comes down to it the the thing for me has that i've really been paying attention to a lot you know it started a little bit but uh, now it's a lot it's just simply behavior behavioral systems you know, so in this case here, I've got a traffic jam that's now extending pretty much as far as the eye can see in every direction I'm looking. So I look to the north. There's traffic jams going over the hill. Um, the only direction that there's no traffic jam is directly across the street from me, which is an alley. But behind me, <laughs> as far as I can see, to the south, there's an intersection, and then at both points, at all three points of that intersection, traffic's backed up. Everybody's waiting to make a left turn, uh, well, a turn into this driveway and everything, all because this one guy on a bike. So here's what I'm wondering: at what point? Does the binary system fail? Or I should say, does the binary system 
succumb to the overload in a quantum way that actually causes this traffic jam to stop. Think about it like this. It's a blood clot. My father just had a blood clot that uh, he ended up going to the hospital with and everything. That's among the reasons I returned home. You know, but uh, basically traffic is, you know, the cars that move back and forth are not that much different than the blood vessels within a body. The nutrients, you can say, are the people that actually ferry information, ferry money, energy. You know, money in itself is a form of energy. Now, when that ceases to happen, even in a simulated world, and still, for all intents and purposes, from an alternative perspective, it is real. Especially if the mind believes it. My mind certainly does. <coughs> but at one point, that artery fails. And it could be just because of some simple dude didn't know what to do next. All of a sudden, he had a choice, but he didn't know how to make a choice. He'd broken out of his loop, you know, and his loop might be ride that bicycle from here to here, but then when that bicycle becomes detached from him, no longer can he ride that bicycle. But that's his loop, ride the bicycle. So now he's trying to ride his bicycle. But he can't, because that bicycle's on the ground. Now, you would think it would be something as simple as pick bicycle up, but if he hasn't specifically been told to pick up that bicycle, if the assumption by the programmer is to make this, you know, and basically say, take that bicycle, and just actually be on the bicycle, you are the bicycle, ride that bicycle, you know, and the assumption by the programmer doesn't make any assumptions about that programmer or that bicycle not being attached to this rider. Well, all of a sudden he gets detached from that bicycle. Kaboom. Now all of a sudden you have a 60 car back up in every direction. All because one man doesn't know how to ride his bicycle just because he doesn't know how to pick it up. One programmer. That's all it takes to not code that one simple little line of code. That's the power of the programmer. But that's the power of the programmer that uh, doesn't allow and the subject to actually think for themselves. To actually be able to respond to events dynamically. To be able to improvise. It could cause an entire system to fail. I mean, in this case, you know, the system itself is Grand Theft Auto, right? So the system is still arguably running. 
And all I have to do is exit, exit the car and exit the area. And the whole system resumes. No traffic jam was ever there. But if I remain in this area, I keep on watching. Does the system adjust? I mean, it hasn't for however long this conversation's been going on, plus about 10 minutes, so 47 minutes, so it's been about an hour. So anyways, um, I ended up downloading. Um, I had made the cue car modification and everything before, and uh, what it had was uh, one little flaw with it was it wouldn't detect when the car, when I exited the car. That was one thing I had planned on implementing. So I ended up implementing that today, and uh, I was going to test that out after I ended up doing this little, uh, little thing, but I'm going to get to it tomorrow. But I'm just um, fascinated by the systems themselves. You know, it is, it's, uh, to some degree, this games are starting to become, to me, real worlds in them, or they are real worlds in themselves. I mean, the quality of this, you know, it's just like, it's lifelike. I got my Rihanna poster up yesterday. That uh, was one of the things I ended up working on yesterday was I, uh, I thought, okay, so one of the uh, the new concepts of this world that I've uh, considered is basically, um, it's more of an individualistic world. It's something that actually kind of like... Um, reinforces you do things by your, you know, for yourself and by yourself. You know, so in a case like this, we, we clearly have a problem where this dude isn't on his bike. You know, so, and I don't want to have to go through and program a bike pickup mechanism and everything. It's just like, dude, you should know how to pick up that fucking bike. You know, that's, shouldn't be that hard. You know, or maybe have like a... <laughs> I don't know, there's different ways to approach that situation and everything without actually reinforcing his individuality. But um, one of the things I thought of today was, or yesterday, was, um, okay, now, as I was going through, I was trying to pair my favorite Rihanna photo. It's one of her when she's, I think, maybe 22, 23 years old or something like that. And she's always been very proud of her body, and she looks fucking gorgeous. You know, and of course she's stark naked in it, and and uh, I just started thinking, okay, what can I combine this with from a product perspective to put on a poster? And then all of a sudden, as I'm going through this, I talked to my brother about it. My brother's like perfume, right? So I ended up going and I checked a, checked a little bit on her history, and uh, yeah, I found out um, I already knew she was from Barbados, anyways. But uh, I was trying to find cultural things to tie her for, to tie her to. And, um, you know, and other things, you know, so she's, a, according to Wiki at least, uh, a fashion queen and all this other stuff, which I call bullshit on. You know, the, the woman doesn't, doesn't seem to enjoy being clothed much at all. And uh, while, while she does wear some pretty crazy outfits and everything, I have the distinct feeling that um, this woman is... Uh, is a lot different, and the only reason she claims to be into apparel and everything is simply because it pays the bills, and it's what she's expected to do and everything, and she does do some things that she's expected to do, and my bet is she probably feels a little bit like a sellout doing it, too, and uh, 
she ended up releasing her own brand of perfumes and everything early on in her career, and she's since stopped that since 2008 and everything. And I have the distinct feeling by what I've read that the woman's trying to find herself. You know, that uh, she's, you know, she's more or less, um, she's getting into philanthropy and everything, but she's trying to find her identity in there somewhere. So that's what I started thinking of, was just basically, okay, who is Rihanna? Let's, let's toss aside this image of Rihanna that's been, you know, basically finessed and polished and everything by, you know, the media moguls and those people that are actually responsible for creating the same cookie-cutter image as Britney Spears and as Katy Perry and all this other shit, you know. Now, she likes being a bad girl. You know, that's one thing we certainly know about her. You know, um, she loves her exposure. That's pretty obvious, too. And uh, she clearly enjoys her own voice. You know, that's that's one thing that's obvious, too. But uh, well, who is it she is? Well, she wants to find her individuality. She's trying to find her individuality in the sea of possibilities and everything. So I'm just thinking, okay, you know, what, what can I combine it with, you know, from a... a yeah, even if it was a fictitious possibility. So I ended up looking into virtual reality, um, virtual reality devices. There's a device that lets you um, more or less fuck somebody. It's a you know virtual reality device where you can actually have a, a pussy, a fake pussy, and you know at that point uh, put on virtual reality goggles and have sex with somebody virtually. And my first idea was to basically combine her, you know, her her image and that kind of stuff with the with this device. But I started thinking, it's just like, do I really, I mean, seriously, I like the girl, plain and simple, you know, and for me, that's like degrading, it's trashy, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's no less different selling out, you know, than perfume and clothes are you know, to the lifetime of people that have been selling perfume and clothes on behalf of, you know, an industry that's basically mindlessly did this same shit for literally since the 1940s. You know, the whole idea and concept of the red carpet and, you know, and, and the selling of clothes and perfumes and that kind of shit has gone on since the 19-fucking-40s, folks. We're talking 60, 70, 80 years now. You know, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in, in hearing about any more new perfumes by somebody. You know, I myself, I've got a candle lit next to me. It's just a basically lavender, you know, and uh, when it comes down to it, I'm not attracted to somebody that wears perfume. It's kind of fucking old, you know. Um, so for me, that's a non-seller. You know, in today's day and age, most people don't want to wear perfumes, and I think it's just because most people, you know, live in a densely populated area where if you have too many people that are wearing too many, too many different perfumes, it smells like a fucking, um, a fucking strip club. So, perfumes are, are certainly out. Um, virtual reality device, it just seems cheesy. It seems, um, I don't know, ghetto. And I think that the girl, unfortunately, has lost control of her image a little bit in order to basically make her a, a little bit too ghetto in nature. And I think that needs to be healed a little bit, you know. So that, for me, is certainly not something I would do if I were her. Um, 
Then the other thing is clothes. It's just like, okay, come on, for the love of fucking God, how many more fashion models do we fucking need? How many, many different gyms? Now, what I do like about what some of the shit that she wears, you know, is the see-through nature of it. You know, she's, how many times have you seen her on the red carpet and everything where basically she's wearing nothing? Well, so all of a sudden I started thinking, wait a second. A... She doesn't, let's, let's say this world that I'm putting together here, people do things because they want to. And let's say rather than selling a product or a service, she just puts it up there because she wants to. She funds, you know, this advertisement, big, huge, 200 foot tall store, you know, 200 foot tall advertisement on the side of a building. And that's what I, that's what the thought was. Just like not make it an advertisement. Just put her put her image on the side of a fucking building. Classy image, you know. And so I thought, okay, what can I say on it? You know, I mean, I don't want to just have the image alone. You know, I mean, I, at first that was the first thought, but I was just like, okay, you know, it seems like an unfinished thing. And it's just like, okay, what can I do to exercise her individuality? You know, to basically say, hey, this is me. Fuck you all. You know, if you don't like it, this is who I am. And um, that's when I came up with the idea. It's just like, okay. So I put in, I put in two, or was it just one simple phrase? Why at the very top of it, and now at the bottom I put because I can. You know, and it's basically it's her on this massive image. You know, and all it says on it is why because I can. And, and more or less, it's a statement saying why is this advertisement up here? Well, because she, as an individual, she can be completely naked on an advertisement, and she can afford it. And not only that, it gives her exposure and everything in such a way that I, I think it's fucking magnificent, you know. And not only that, it's a classy image, and it's just like, what's she advertising? Well, herself. I mean, she's got so much fucking material out there, there doesn't need to be anything that she advertises. She just puts the image out there just to basically say, Hey, how you doing, folks? I'm here. I'm just waving hi to you in my own naked way. Because that's who I like being. So, that's something you never never would see in my reality. Now, back when I was starting to um, to go through, through some of the weird shit that I was going through, I, uh, I saw a couple advertisements over in Phoenix. And uh, one of them in particular, I just remember, it was just like, somebody is watching you. You know, it was some kind of weird advertisement like that. There's no, there's nothing else on this build, on this board other than someone is watching you. That's all the phrase says. It's just something like that. I, I mean, something weird, something bizarre. Now, and that's all it says. Someone is watching you. Oh, okay, what? I mean, this is a massive advertisement. It's on. It's in Phoenix. It's on one of the biggest interchanges, right next to the big, huge new uh, University of Phoenix building. Um, it's you know well-traveled area and everything. So you know it's you know they're going to be paying some money for this advertisement, and yet there's absolutely nothing that gives even a remote hint as to what it's regarding or who did it. Nothing. 
Someone's watching it. That's all it says. Massive black billboard background with only white letters going across the metal. And I mean, they're not huge. They're just basically that's all it is. Someone is watching it. Okay. I don't get it. That's, I remember driving by this a couple times. I don't fucking get it. Well, that's the whole thing. If we can actually put things out there, you know, that might have a statement to somebody saying, think, for the love of fucking God, think a little bit more. You know, or in a case like this, you know, where Rihanna, she's a little bit of a bad girl. Now, let's see somebody try to get her in trouble for taking, let's just say, $500,000, maybe not even that, maybe, you know, hundred grand of her money and throwing it on this massive billboard sign and everything. Let's see them try to actually... Let's see, her, let's see anybody try to get her in trouble for this. You know, that, that's kind of the thing. You know, if she was to do this in the real world, think about it. You know, massive ad um, on one of the big buildings over in downtown, uh, downtown Los Angeles. Let's say Rihanna, you know, or some other popular artist, you know, like Miley Cyrus or something like that. Sticks a hundred grand, you know. They have a really artistically high quality, high class, um, you know, basically image of themselves on naked, completely on on the side of a building. Well, you know, I mean, once you put it up, good luck trying to get the fucking thing down. You know what? Somebody gonna go up there and cut the cords and everything? You know what? For this this ad that's been placed. You know, legally, you know, I mean, good luck. You know, and also post a couple guards up. Make sure it doesn't happen. Make sure people don't don't cut it cut it down. You know, let a couple guards make a, you know, make some money from the process and everything too. I mean, she's not naked in public, is she? She's naked on a billboard. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about it. There's absolutely nothing illegal about it. That's the absolute beautiful thing about it. And not only that, but it brings to mind people's images. And not only that, but it'll create a fucking commotion. And that's what I've been trying to think of, is ads from a different perspective and everything. If you're to put ads in different places and everything, you know, the one of the brain-dead things I, ha I think happens with... Um, with advertisement nowadays, is they always have to have it associated, uh, a product association. You know, that, that seems to be the, the trend. There always has to be a product associated, you know, with somebody in order for, for that image to go up there. You know, so if you're going to put an image of a woman like uh, Rihanna, my brother, his first comment was, put a perfume at it, on it. And um, first comment I had, I mean, because I had thought, thought about that as well, but I, I eliminated it really quickly, sitting there saying, that's fucking cliche. I mean, how many ads have you seen with, you know, gorgeous people and everything? It's featuring, you know, jeans or, you know, or, you know, um, or perfume. I mean, thousands, literally thousands. You know, so if you've lived in the same world I've lived anyways. So that's what I've been trying to think is just basically ads from a different perspective. How is it you can actually advertise for people and everything in this, well, it is clearly a fictitious world and everything. 
you know, but um, and, and I'll post what I did, you know, tomorrow, you know, so you'll be able to see what I did and how it looks and how it came out and everything. And uh, I had the same issues trying to look this one up as I had with the other ones too. And I've still got a, an issue with uh, being 500 plus feet away, which I'm going to resolve before I post uh, post this because I'm not going to feel confident with doing it. But yeah, the guy with the bike is still standing there and everything. But I think that's that's the whole thing is like um, I, I guess I've gotten really you know I've I've tuned out ads you know for quite some time and everything because the ads with the exception of companies like GoDaddy and some of the ads that actually occurred during the uh, um, during the Super Bowl and even those ads have gotten cliche too they've gotten really repetitive and boring hey how many times can you show girls tits and everything and and basically use that to sell the product or service and everything well it's not a bad idea. You know, I'll be the first to admit that. You know, but seeing big bouncy boobs and everything and, and always combining it with one product or service or something like that is just like... And it's always the same fucking products and services. You know, with the exception of GoDaddy, GoDaddy actually, you know, had something brilliant with what they've done. And, you know, but their thing is, it's like a one-hit one wonder. You know, they found their niche and at that point they stuck to it. And that's all they've done. You know, but... That's what I'm trying to say. It's just like, what other what other possibilities are there from an advertisement perspective that uh, you can come up with? You know, that don't necessarily have the same same structure from a a perspective. You know, and are trying to get the message across. Well, in this case here, you know, the simple message is Rihanna's already got enough exposure when it comes down to combine with products and services and that kind of stuff. Most people love her, guys and girls. You know, so when it comes down to it, you know, the only association she needs is, is just simp a simple reminder. Hey, I'm still around. And that's what this is. It's the equivalent of a, of a wave. Hey, how you doing, folks? So, in any case, um, I'm, I'm enjoying taking my time doing this. You know, I, I like the idea of being able to make my modifications faster and everything. You know, but the fact of the matter is, I want this world to feel vibrant, alive. Like, somebody has taken the time, like yours truly, of course, has taken the time to really deeply consider, you know, the, um, the culture of this world. You know, and... Um, the the things that are actually used within it, you know, from from a media perspective. Media for me has made my world and everything. You know, at least my personal world. And, and that's what I like the idea of doing, is just basically creating an equally as media rich world. You know, in this version of Los Angeles. But like I said before, you know, from a, a sex and nudity perspective and you know, but keeping it classy at the same time. That balance, you can say, is going to be put focused more on, you know, trying to actually have just enough enough sex and nudity and balancing it precariously just away enough from the ranch to make it so where it's more sophisticated and classy than it is this thing called perverted and raunchy. It will still be, you know, have that perversion edge to it, just because it's me. But, in the, in the same process, 
what Playboy did for nudes. Stepping up with quality and class and that kind of stuff. That's what I want to do with sex. And God knows, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, he was brilliant with what he did. Penthouse. Um, or was that Hustler? I can't remember which one it was. But he just went. He went to to the side of ranch. So, anyways, traffic jam hasn't dwindled at all. I'm uh, I'm gonna leave it here overnight. Get to, get to sleep a little bit early. On a final note, um, I don't take drugs at all. Um, with one exception, I bought uh, about two months ago. I bought a uh, thing of Stacker too, for the first time in a while. It was $13 on sale over at uh, Ralph's maybe about three months ago. And I was taking maybe one or two of those a day. <coughs> it just has a shitload of caffeine in it and everything. And um, I like the extra bump, particularly when I'm uh, I'm not um, drinking any coffee. Coffee fucked with my, my stomach and insides for years. Now I'm just drinking tea, but I don't have, unfortunately, that coffee kick, you know, with the caffeine and everything. So I found Stacker. Well, I went to go uh, look for Stacker up here, and lo and behold, I can't find it, and it's been discontinued. That's actually part of the reason Ralph's was taking it off the shelves anyways. So I ended up going over to the supplement store with my brother yesterday, and um, I've been, you know, t I've taken supplements for working out and that kind of stuff throughout my life, and uh, way back when I ended up taking, um, what was it, Hot Stuff? Uh, it was a protein supplement that actually had a some amphetamine type stuff in it. So clearly I've got a, a past history with cocaine and uh, basalt, so clearly I like things. I get the heart rate going a little bit more quicker than usual. So that's what I was looking for, was something that um, isn't necessarily a diuretic, but something that will ha act as an appetite suppressant at the same time it'll actually provide that little kick of caffeine in some form or fashion or something like that, equivalent to a stacker too. So I ended up getting this, uh, they gave me some samples before I ended up buying uh, the, the package for $35. It's called Finiflex, and uh, it just has a whole bunch of natural ingredients and, er and everything. And I was kind of like sitting there skeptical, going, ah, it's not going to have any effect on me. And uh, I took two of them at first because they ended up saying, well, there's this other one that, you know, the other one's more equivalent, but we don't have samples of that. So I ended up taking two of them yesterday just to test it out and man, I was about to go through the roof, and I was like, okay, well, let's take one today, and it's worked out perfect. So, I bought the other stuff, 144 tablets for 35 bucks, and it's called Jet Fuel. So, I'm just like, eh, you know, I mean, it's, it'll be my caffeine and everything. It uh, allow me to wake up and in a way that I like waking up and everything. But, I don't take uh, take anything else. And the only reason I take that stuff is just because I, I like the extra bump and like waking up in the morning. So, um, I don't take drugs, but in this kind of case, I'll make an exception for a caffeine pill or something like that. No, I'm not about to start down the slippery slope of uh, going to other substances and everything. But, um... In this case, this is one solitary exception I'll make. And that's why I'm stating it out loud.
because I do want to be held accountable for that. And if I mention that I've uh, taken more, or I, or I go down, or I consider anything else, which I'm, I will not do. But uh, you know now because you've heard it here first, you know. And I've also told my mom about it, and I've told my brother about it too. So I'm just like being open with everybody. I do not want this to lead to other substances, and uh, I have no intention of it doing that either. So. Anyways, I'm just mentioning it, just to actually be clear. So, with that said, I'm going to leave my guy in the car. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change him to a girl. Player. Skin changer. Now, he is, he is invisible. But he's now, oh shit, he's now invisibly topless, and as I did that, she ended up standing up through the car. That's not good. Go to nearest vehicles, but no, 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 no. F. Wrong car. Got her nearest vehicle as passenger. I want to make sure she gets in the same car. Oh no! There it is. Is the same car there? Yes, it is. Same people are inside too. Cool. Let's do that. That's part of it. Fuck! For some reason, it's not going into the right car. Oh wow! It keeps on. And the traffic jam cleared. Ah oh, shit. Oh no, that's not good. Well, that sucked. And now there's a traffic jam the other way. Let's see if I can find the same car. Nope. Nope, nope. Well, that sucks. Because I liked having multiple passengers inside. Let's go. This one, this one, this one. Nope. 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 Oh, there's traffic jams. Oh, and all the so the traffic jam in that direction got cleared, but in the other directions it's still really bad. It's all over, and for some reason there's only one pew. One person in each car now. Okay, so let's go to this one. Nope, that didn't work either. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, I'm just gonna leave it in this car. So I've got some topless chick that's sitting in the car and everything. I'll just let this one go around overnight. So. And now there still is a traffic jam up there, so maybe when I wake up, it'll be it'll be gone. So what what happens when I leave my character to go around for a ride with a perfect stranger overnight? Particularly when she's topless and she's got some dude in the car. What would you do with a gorgeous topless naked woman in your uh, passenger seat? She just appeared there.
I dream of genie, right? Okay, well, you take care. You have a good night, and thank you for listening.